We have my good friend A. Scott Bolden, the former chair of the Democratic D.C. Party, but he is a political analyst everywhere. It's not irresponsible to ask and demand something before a vote. That's not irresponsible, Scott. That's politics. That's that's politics. That's what that's what everyone that's with no, nowhere to go. Where to go. No, 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 you're saying that. No, I, I don't agree with that, Scott. I don't agree with that. And, and maybe we're saying the same thing and just coming out differently. But I'm going to keep it real simple, right? If you are running for office and you know you need at least 95% of the people that look like me to vote for you and have been voting for you, and I'm demanding some things up front before I vote that you need to commit to. In order for us to vote for Biden, we can't be taken for granted like we always are because we're supposed to be Democrats or because people are afraid of Trump. It's whoever's going to take care of our community, whoever wants to make a deal, it's, it's, it's business at this point. You know, we can't trust politicians, you know, so we want to know very clearly, just like Trump made it clear that he wanted to build the wall. Biden needs to make it clear that he's going to change the lives and quality of life of black and brown people. Or else he can't get the vote. I will hold the vote hostage if I have to. And you, if you don't commit to him, that's a problem. That's not holding you hostage. That's not saying I'm, I'm jumping on the bandwagon with Donald Trump. That's what the Republicans are doing right now. That's what a lot of people are doing right now. And let me let me let me try to make it a little bit clear. Watch this, watch this. Let me let me make it. I don't disagree with what you what you said. Right. So how's that how's that irresponsible? We would hold our vote hostage and not vote for you. I'm saying he went further than what you just what you just presented. And to go further in this political climate is irresponsible because he has a following. And if and young, young black people who follow him and his music don't vote because they take him literally, that's irresponsible. And that's ridiculous because he can't tell them to hold their vote. We got nobody else to vote for. What are we going to do? Scott, he, Scott, what, you know, what, Scott, what, Scott what, you know the intent of what he's saying is that I'm not going to go out there and do rock the vote. I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to do tend to rock the vote. I'm not going to be out there jumping up and down. We're not going to be out there giving concerts. We're not doing that stuff if we're not getting something, right? And they're saying what are we, and, and I think that is is not irresponsible to hold people's fire. Let, let's go back to from a historical perspective. But you right. keep talking about everything up to him holding his vote hostage and not voting. You're saying hostage. You're saying hostage. You. He said it. Those were his terms. Scott. 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 I don't mind saying that I'm not going to vote for you if you don't get. I mean, very clearly, do you think the Republicans are talking to Biden right now and they're saying, "Hey, we're going to be with, we're going to be with"? No, they're telling them exactly. You've been around politics. They're telling them exactly what they want them to commit to, and if he doesn't commit to it, they're not going to be supporting him. And as soon as someone like a Diddy says it, it's a problem. And I just think that's wrong. And we can agree to disagree. Okay. Well, we'll agree and disagree. We we agree on on eighty to seventy five percent of what Diddy said. But that last 25%, if you've got no leverage, don't say it, even if you feel that way. I know what he meant, Kwame. I know what he meant by it, and I know he probably went too far. My fear is even rhetoric 
about not voting for Biden is dangerous. Now, you and I may feel differently about that, but I think this race is so very important. Even though it's not the most important race that we're going to have this year, the race for the Senate in Kentucky, a very red state, whereby the Senate majority leader is up, and it's time for him to go. In many respects, he's the most powerful man, along with Trump, in America. Amy McGrath is running an incredible race against him, and that's a race that is vitally important to black America, as is this presidential race. And so uh, I just get, take it very seriously when black people try to leverage something that they don't have. you got to have an alternative to hold your vote. Scott, that's that's now that right there is funny. And let me tell you why that's funny. Abraham, Li Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, not because he actually cared about the slaves, right? Let's, exactly. let, me go, hold on, let me back up. Let me back up. Then you had Lyndon Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill, not because he actually cared about African Americans and segregation. It's, it's been historically noted, right? Then we have, hold up, hold up. Then we, hold up. Then we have Nixon. Then we have Nixon. Right, who actually, in my opinion, when he created the 8A program and the SBA program and, and Minority Business Development Agency, did more for black business and black wealth than this country has ever seen. Right? It didn't like he really cared about it. It was just he did it because it was he thought he could win a second election, and that's why he did it. Right? And since then, those are the three things that, that people have figured out in order for them to get the vote they were going to do. Maybe not because they wanted to do it and agree with it, because it was politically right for them at the time. And what Diddy is saying, hey, right now, hold on, let me finish. And, and, Diddy, and Diddy is saying right now, at this time, in order to win back the White House, you need our vote. Period. There's no disputing that. And in, in exchange for our vote, there's some things that we want. And we want you to agree to up front so we know that we're going to get something at the end. I agree with that. I don't have a problem with that. You now, some people like yourself and others say, well, you know, you shouldn't be. We got to win. Just, just beat them and then we'll figure the rest out later. Well, I mean, we've been waiting to figure a lot of stuff out later. We can't even figure out how they're going to spend the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. They're going to spend all the money they're spending on a campaign with people of color. And they need people of color the most. I mean, you you have to have, be sensitive to this younger generation that are demanding more and they want more. And if, in fact, you don't do that, you're not going to inspire them to jump out and vote because you're saying you should just hate Trump because you should hate Trump. I just think there has to be a different message. That's all I'm saying. You should hate Trump because he's bad for America. You should love the Democratic Party. They are as flawed as they may be. But, but Kwame, when put that way, as you just laid it out, when put that way... I don't have a problem with anything you just said. I really don't. Because Great. Here we go. But that's not what I, that's not how I process what Diddy said. And your presentation was a, was a lot more substantive and smarter because within those remarks you just gave was the, was the realization that we've got to work with the Democrats and Joe Biden and demand what we want. Because, because we saved this party, we saved this country, and so, so we ought to be firm about it and negotiate now, not later. What's missing from your statement that I like a lot is the fact that uh, you didn't say, and if we don't get it, we're not going to vote for you or we're going to withhold our vote which only equates to a vote for Donald Trump. I think Diddy went too far. I know what he meant. He meant what you said. 
but he but went, went too far. far. And I fear uh, uh, entertainers and athletes and actresses and actors who go too far with this following that they have, it could be very misleading and it's irresponsible to say that when we need every vote for Biden, everyone that is uh, that, that cares about this country and we all do. That's my only objection. That's my only that's my only angst when it comes to Diddy and his presentation. Because he could have gave your presentation and nobody would have jumped on him, trust me. Well, I, te- I tell you what, I think what people are saying. Oh, give me I think, no, right? No, I, 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 like, I, like, I like you said, but I think what people are saying, and especially some people, whether they're right, whether you agree or disagree, what I'm hearing is people are saying, hey, we are now going to vote our interest, period, right? So if there's, there's no interest greater than they're bad and I'm good, and you got to think about it. Nixon created the 8A program and said he was creating some black millionaires and he did it just to get the vote. And that was an interest that people had and they voted for Nixon. Right. And to this day, if you look at the folks that are in the categories of 75 to 80 to 85 years old that have created a lot of wealth, they will tell you that most of them were Nixon Democrats. I mean, Nixon Republicans. Why? Because it was their interest. And the only thing I'm saying is that I believe at some point if the Democratic Party don't wake up, and think about how to make sure that some of those things that these uh, the young folks and middle-aged folks want from an economic perspective. I'm not sure if the Republicans will wake up and say, hey, again, that was years ago, but they've done it a couple times for us. Hey, let's give them what they want. And if they do that and pull 2 to 3 to 4% of African Americans based on doing something that the Democrats won't articulate, the Democrats won't win the White House. It won't happen again. You know that, and I know that. So, you know, roll the dice. Say what you want to say. If, in fact, they, if, if, in fact, I mean, there are people now saying that if, in fact, if Trump comes out and says, well, we're going to get rid of all the student, student debt, then people say, whoa, no student debt? I'm all for that. I'm just saying, we, as, as folks that are a little bit older, they got to understand what's really going on with some of these younger generation and what's motive. And now it's about their interest. And I think if we keep down the same old, same old, we might be in for it, the same old, same old that we got before. But I know you, you know, you don't totally agree with it. But I'm Maybe. hearing from you. Maybe. <laughs> well, look, look, and look, look. I, I, look, I, I don't, I don't. We, we can agree to disagree, but maybe you, you might be right. I mean, yeah, I guess I, I tell Republicans all the time, Kwame, that they really want to get twenty to thirty percent of the black vote if they came out with an urban agenda. And cleaned up uh, urban America because the majority of the crime being committed in our major cities are against black folks who have family members who are being shot and killed or arrested and, and in prison because they don't have reasonable alternatives or job, job training or education opportunities. If the Republicans from an entrepreneurship standpoint came out and invested time, money and resources in all of these communities, it would be a killer initiative for uh, for the Republicans against the Dems. Because then they could argue that the Dems have taken you, you for granted. I cleaned up your community. I gave your son and, and husbands and fathers good paying jobs. I paid for the education for your kids from my leadership at the White House. And, and the Democrats have never done that for you. And yet since 1960, 
black people have voted for the Democrats. Then he could say, what do you have to lose? Because I've given you something. I may not be perfect, but I'm giving you economic and educational security. And I cleaned up your community and got rid of the gangs. Well, that's that's the Republicans stubborn. That's my point, Scott. See, you see what you what you believe and what Democrats are believing is that it never happened. And I'm saying if Mm -hmm. it does happen, it doesn't matter if it's two months before the election. If it does happen in some agenda that comes out, there is a problem, but it's a problem that is solvable now, right? right. It's a solvable problem now. And I'm thinking that there's some that just don't believe that that could ever happen, so therefore they're going to go down the same path. Uh, but I, I, I want. I, take this for granted then. If they won't get ahead of it and say, you know, if the Republicans did this, then we'd be in a heap of trouble. Let's Let's do it. it. Whether we want to do it or not, let's Let's do it it to take that off the table in this election. And you're absolutely right. But you're right. Today, maybe that's what our... Did Scott say I'm right? Did you just say I'm right, Scott? Did you just say I'm right? Yeah, I did. I did. I've been thinking about it while I've been listening to you. I got to maybe. But this last point about our communities of color and cleaning it up, the Republicans could blow the Dems away. They just won't do it. And, and I don't want to say, say thank God they won't do it, do it politically, politically uh, but you're but right. The, the Dems, Dems need to be doing that. Why are we talking about the Republicans doing it when the Dems, who owe us everything, need to do it? Why and do we tolerate uh, urban America and the ills of urban America when the majority of them who are there uh, are black le- uh, black representatives and black elected leaders? Oh, my goodness. I sound like a Republican. Let me shut up. You know, but once again, the reason why I was coming around, because that is my point, right? I, I had an old mentor of mine, very smart political guy, and he used to always tell me, he or she that's in power, no matter if you're running against them or not, they're there, right? They have the ability to change. They have the ability to be whatever they need to be in order to win, right? And that's what I'm thinking that's going on. And that Diddy didn't say that, but I think him saying that I have an interest and somebody needs to meet my interest, that's very scary, right? And that is saying that if, in fact, when you are the president, you are still the president. And if, in fact, President Trump would lay out an, a, an agenda, aggressive agenda, that was geared towards economic parity for people of color or cleaning up urban communities or doing anything for black folks, the Congress is going to vote for it. It's not like they're not going to vote for it, right? And the Senate's probably going to vote for it. And if that happens, I don't care what anyone says. You're going to have to hold some of those 95, 96% of people uh, to the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party is going to be standing there saying, why didn't we do that? And then there's going to be a bunch of people like you and I who are going to say, we've been talking about this and they didn't want to do anything. And sometimes, you know, we have to look at it and just, you know, really think about what Diddy is saying on a broader context. That's that's what I'm saying. When I talk to my nieces, I talk to my nephews, I talk to my these young folks out here, these Bernie supporters, whoever, they have an interest. And if the Democratic Party is not meeting that interest, I think that's where it comes to problem. And it may not be just you and I say, hey, no, no Trump ever. They might say they're staying home. They might say, you know, Trump comes out and say, I, we know that. And okay, well, watch this. Watch this, Scott. If, in fact, the Democratic Party continues to spend less than 5% or 2% of their resources targeting a community that they need, they will not win this election. 
on record. No, no, on record. I just, I just said it. On record. I'm on record. I'm saying. And I didn't. I'm not going to challenge it. You know, the other thing. No matter what happens in this race, if 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 Biden wins, black people have got to stay active and involved and leave the inauguration. I've always said that Barack Obama for eight years. I've been one of the critics that he didn't do enough for Black America. But I also criticize our communities of color because we didn't do enough to make him do more for us. We never left the inauguration. And so whether it's fair to criticize Barack Obama uh, or not, and it is fair to criticize any president, but you've got to demand and you've got to make him do uh, what you want any president to do. I mean, when Roy Wilkins and, and FDR would meet, uh, FDR would agree with Roy Wilkins in the 30s uh, and 40s and say, I agree, and the demands for the Negro people or the American Negro were the same as they are today. And then FDR would say, now you got to go make me do this. It's not going to happen by osmosis. Their political risk here, so you make me do it, and we got a deal. And it's the same way today. Uh, various interest groups get what they want out of the White House, whoever's there, because they make them do it. They create an environment and leverage so that the president and their people have no choice politically but to do it, to deliver those monies to uh, or to deliver on uh, gay marriage, to deliver on more uh, money for AIDS uh, research and what have you, or monies to uh, empower our communities or more policing dollars, you name it. Uh, these, uh, special these special interest groups, groups make them, them do it, it. And, and, and black people don't seem to be either really, ready, willing, or able or know how to do that. And so we got to get organized in that way. And the fact that I challenge you and make you do something in the White House doesn't mean I don't love and care about you. It means I have interests. And my interests are more important than than you being politically elected and sitting in the White House. And, but Scott, that's my point. And I do believe that was Diddy's point. Now, but we also have to come to the realization that there is a problem in our community. And the problem is anytime anyone says anything negative or what they want or what they expect, there's a certain segment of the African-American community that would chop your head off. You just made a comment. You just made a comment that you said that, hey, you know, could President Obama had done more for black people? I mean, I tell you, you say that people out here will just chop, will just cut your head off for saying that. How dare you say that? How dare you ask for something? You know, it was the, I mean, we ha if we don't figure that part out, that's our biggest problem. Instead of people figuring out what did they knew what did he meant, right? But people just jumped on him. But they knew what Diddy mean. They know Diddy wasn't going to go vote for no Donald Trump. That's not what he said. Yeah, but, that's but, why he got on. Yeah, but, 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 but you knew. But, but you knew his intent. Right? I'm saying, we knew it. We know his intent. But people, sometimes people are just afraid to go there, right? And to say, hey, I need, like you said, it can't be just inauguration. I need to, you know, and, and the reason why, and I'll close with this, Scott, the reason why I think that that's the case is because I don't think that they see the black leadership as they used to see the black leadership when we were younger, right? Mm -hmm. Different group, different everything. It's just different. And they don't see that. 
Right now, if you ask people who, who is leading the Democratic Party, at least at the table, having the discussions, making the decisions on behalf of people of color, and, and I know it's a lot of people out there, a lot of people got their ears, but you, this is what I believe, just me, is that you got President Obama and you got Congressman Clyburn. That's it. And I think that there's some people in the Biden campaign who believes that as long as you got those two, it's all good. Keep moving. They're going to energize the base. The President Obama is going to energize the base and people are going to come out, get him out there, get the wonderful first lady, former first lady out there. They travel around, get some musicians and some superstars and people are going to come out to vote. I personally think that's a losing argument. Uh, and I think we saw it in 2016. And I think we'll see, see it again as we go around. I think it'll be a, I think Congressman Clyburn is going to do a great job in terms of holding some accountability. But like you said, how are people going to help him help them hold it? And that's where we lose us. Nobody wants to be the person, the agitator, right? They just want to be the person that benefits from the change that takes place. But they don't want to be the person that's out there saying this is what you need to do and getting your head turned off. People just want to benefit. My father used to say, you know, the civil rights struggle with a lot of people out there. You know, I meet people now, 75 years. I never met anyone who didn't tell me they wasn't out there marching. I never heard anyone that, that over 70 that didn't tell me they were in the fight. But if you talk to people that were in the fight, they'll tell you there wasn't a lot of people wasn't in the fight, right? It was right, just a right. few people that created the change, and now people are benefiting from their fight. And I think that's where we are again today. But uh, I'll give you a last words on uh, your prediction for two, three states that are very crucial. One. It's interesting. Before I get to that, before I get to that, it's interesting you didn't put Reverend Al Sharpton in, and I, th I still think he's a pretty significant player, uh, even with Trump in the White House. Well, I don't know I mean, whether you just left him off purposely or not. But I, I, I no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Pur I didn't purposely leave him off. I just kind of talked about where people, what people are saying when they talk about black leaders, and it depends on who you talk to. Does Reverend Sh uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's name come up, right? Uh, but when you're talking to the majority of the people, those two consistently come up, right? And that's what they believe. That's what they think. So there was no slight to the Reverend Al Sharpton because clearly he still has, you know, a, a lot of pull, a lot of play and a, and a voice that needs to be heard. We have my good friend A. Scott Bolden, the former chair of the Democratic D.C. Party, but he is a political analyst everywhere. There's nowhere you can turn on. You're on the Internet, we're on TV, we're on cable. Scott's everywhere. Scott, thank you for taking time. Uh, to stop by. Give us your, your, your thoughts. Talking to you soon. Go vote, everybody. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote.